Welcome to Biohacking Her Way, where each week we'll dive deep into the world of biohacking, exploring cutting-edge strategies, expert insights, and practical tips to help you optimize your health, balance your hormones, and unleash your true potential. My name is Abby, and I am your host, so let's dive in. Before we dive in today's episode, it would be selfish of me to not tell you about this free masterclass that I have for you. I'm going to be sharing the raw truth behind my personal struggle with hormonal imbalances and also reveal the exact roadmap that propelled me to conquering my debilitating symptoms, such as relentless fatigue, where I just could not feel awake. I just felt so drained having those roller coaster mood swings. Sorry, babe. That irregular cycle where you just have those really nasty, painful cramps. And let's not forget that stubborn weight gain that I have mentioned so many times. And so in this masterclass, I'm going to be teaching you how to master your hormones, effortlessly lose that stubborn weight, cycle sync like a badass to overcome burnout, and finally create the lifestyle changes that will last long term. And we're going to be addressing the root causes of your struggles while also providing you with sustainable life-changing results and finally give you the solution you've been looking for. So make sure to check that out in the show notes and you can thank me later. All right, let's dive in today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Biohacking Her Way. I have my partner in crime, Colton, back on the podcast because we are here to talk all things Burning Man because we just got back late last night. This episode was actually supposed to come out. The You're hearing it on Wednesday. It's supposed to come out on a Tuesday. And as you've probably seen all on the news, it kind of turned into a little bit of a shitstorm. Mm. So... I don't even know where the fuck to start with this Burning Man journey. We were trying to game plan on where to start with all this, but I don't even know. What do you think? Like, where do you think we should start with this? Because I know one, I've received so many questions on Instagram from people and text messages, just like asking about it, checking in on us with the craziness of it, but also checking in on like the overall experience since this was really just like the last couple of days that we really encountered all the craziness. Mm -hmm. So where should we even start? That's a great question. I mean, there's, so you have like this experience that we had, right? Like the collective experience of everyone this year. And then why we went in the first place. I mean, overall it, it was an incredible experience, but sometimes I think you have to be a couple of steps removed from it mm -hmm. to appreciate it. Well, let's start from the beginning then. Let's start with like the rainbow picture for those listening. Because before we even win, before any of this craziness happened, I already planned to do a whole episode on Burning Man and announcing the uh, the secret I have been keeping from my audience. And we planned to originally do this at Burning Man. Obviously, we're not, which has also given us time to integrate the experience. So let's start from the very beginning of like, what is even Burning Man? And last year was our first year. Last year was a also wild experience for us, not as a collective, but in our personal journey of Burning Man last year was wild. But I think for people listening who have maybe this the news was the first time they heard Burning Man. And now they think it's just this place where hippies go and they just act like big children. They do a lot of drugs. They have a lot of sex. It's all rock and roll. I want to also break that stigma behind it and behind what the news kind of portrayed Burning Man to be in the first place. So I think to start with some positivity in this episode and around what is Burning Man, how would you describe Burning Man? If you, in one word, if you could describe Burning Man, what do you think it would be? 
One word? One word. One word. I'm One gonna... word and then we'll dissect the word. Sure. I mean, I would go love. Love? Mm -hmm. I would probably go magical. Yeah. I'd go with love because I I think real love is something that has depth, something that is understanding and patient and also challenged. And Burning Man is sex, drugs, rock and roll. You know, it is uh, an orgy dome camp that inspires an orgy bus camp, um, which are not more. related. But not related. We'll explain more about that. <laughs> so it is that, right? So it's not like the news is uh, not accurately reflecting some things. They just might not be accurately reflecting all the things. So... It can be really what you make it. Yeah. I mean, there's also tons of people that go to Burning Man sober. Yeah. Like I remember in the Facebook group uh, before, there are multiple people setting up what most people would do is like bar hops. They were setting up mocktail hops. Mm -hmm. And so they're going around together and biking around the playa together and doing these mocktail hops together. Because it, I think just like with anything in life, I mean, this is a, a utopia as many people describe it. Yeah. It's a city that comes alive one week, couple well, couple weeks because the building process the week before and the tear down. But it's a city that comes to life really one week out of the five, 52 weeks out of the year. And it's a place where I always tell people if you have this itch or burning desire to experience Burning Man, but you're nervous to lean into that itch and burning desire because there's a reason why you have it because it's a, it can also be such a healing place not just a place to go party and let loose, which is not why it was created in the first place. It was created to allow people's self-expression and their art to really come alive from the outside world and to make it whatever the hell they want it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think you go there to find yourself, find a tribe. I mean, you really do make it what you want. Like, that's the beautiful part. It's a bit of a canvas and... Some people put up lines if you want to color inside of them. Some people give you a whole canvas and intentionally tell you to color outside the lines. It, it's an interesting spot because one of the things that kept coming up for me is kind of like what we were talking about uh, on the drive to the cold plunge today or groceries or whatever it was. You know, you ever thought about experiencing someone else's consciousness? Like you think everyone else sees the world similar to the way you see the world. At least there's some unwritten rules or um, constructs that we all operate on until you're around 60, 70,000 rebels that are in one spot. And you have people challenging each other's belief systems in, in a way where it's like, hey, that's okay. You can believe whatever you want to believe. I can believe whatever I want to believe. And sometimes you'll see little clashes of that come together. But for the most part, it's everyone kind of like, challenging the norm together mm. yeah i mean i would agree with that too because i mean when you look at it you're we're going to a place that is not made for humans to live it is right. a place of extreme conditions which is why it's not it's also not one of those places where if you're like I think I could do Burning Man or I think I might just want to pop in. It's not something that you just like go and pop in. There is there's a reason why there's 10 principles around it. One being self-reliance, 
You have, you can't buy anything at Burning Man. You don't barter. Um, you have to provide everything for yourself. You have to bring all your own food, all your own water, your shelter, and everything else that you could possibly need while you're out there. Because once you're there, the closest city is two hours away. And even then, that city's not, like it doesn't have a lot of things, especially on Burning Man time. I mean, the burners really buy it all out and it sells out. Mm-hmm. And granted, like there's the, it's a gifting culture that is around Burning Man. It's, you know, a lot of camps do. There's this one camp that, now two years in a row, I have not yet to get to experience called Moon Cheese. And they do grilled cheeses from 12 p.m. to 2 a.m. And quite frankly, that's just not the time that I want to grill cheese. That's usually the time we're exploring. We're going to see any DJs that might be out there. Any that we don't know who they are. We're just going to explore with new friends that we've made. Like that's a, a high point time to do that. So if anyone that's listening that goes to Burning Man, and maybe this is what we do. If, you know, when we, if we join a camp, form our own camp eventually, whatever it is, is that maybe we do like that three to 5 a.m. grilled cheese time because that's like prime time. I'd want a grilled cheese. But in the grand scheme, it is it's just this big gifting culture between food, between drinks. They had do massages. They do um, some camps do like give out weddings. Like they put this whole like thing together for you. Some people go out there and they're photographers and they gift you their, uh, their skills and their art and you don't pay anything for it. I mean, it's one of those places you think of it. And that's what we told our friends that came with us too. We're like, just think of something, say it. And I will most likely find it. Like we have a friend who loves bubbles and we were just, we're, we're getting to a point where we're living on space, in the RV. And I was like, we're not getting freaking bubbles to put in the RV. There's going to be bubbles out there. At this point I did months of planning. I was like, I am not sitting here looking around for bubbles. It's just not happening. You find them. It's fine, but I'm not making this a mission to find fucking bubbles. It was no hate to her or anything. I just was, I was just ready to get where we're going. And so I told her, I was like, just put it out there. Like say like you want to find bubbles and night one that we're out there biking around, there is a bubble art car. It's an art car that is strictly just bubbles and it is just spraying bubbles everywhere. And then I think it was the next night we were in the pyramid we are hanging out on the beanbags, chilling, and I see someone with a fucking bubble blower. And she's like, oh, I'm just tired. I was like, I swear, if you do not get up, I know you want those bubbles. You need to tell your legs right now to get up and go get those bubbles. And she also mentioned like a bounce house. And there's like four bounce houses when we saw the, like the next day or something. It's just one of those things. It's a manifestation playground where anything you think can come to life and happen in the most beautiful way possible. But I do think it gets a bad rep as well because – it now kind of has the stigma as like the rich man's playground or it's like the tech bros and billionaires playground. Um, And quite frankly, it's like, are there people out there like that? Yes. But there's also people out there that are coming in on the uh, ticket scholarships who are getting the tickets for a far less cost. And it doesn't have this energy of I have more money than you. It doesn't have this energy of like, I am better than you. I feel like it really does have this like really beautiful energy. And once again, it's, you know, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You're going to, what you're searching for, you will find there. And when you go there and you just look at everyone as an equal and we are all there in this fucking wild place doing something that is not like to the common mind and eye possible, then beauty can really happen. And that's just the way I view it. So I'm curious also in your opinion of like, kind of the backlash that's been getting around that because I mean, you literally saw a TikTok today about it and you're like, fuck you and just scrolled on it because there's just someone talking shit about it who has never probably experienced it and doesn't actually know what it is. 
Yeah, I mean, hey, everyone's got their opinion. But I think at the end of the day, like, the tendency of human beings is tribalism. And in tribes, there are innate structures that develop. Some people are nature and nurture, quote unquote, born to be leaders. And some people don't have enough self-directive to know what they want. And so they follow a leader. And that either brings them the most joy or gives them the most stability or provides them with whatever they need to have purpose in their life. And so it's not that I, I love the the idea, the concept behind Burning Man. Because I did try and trade for some stuff and people wouldn't let me. They're like, no, like here. When did take you do it. that? This this trip or the previous trying trip? Trying to fix that fucking generator. I was trying to barter left, right, and center. Oh, and people we gotta, like, we gotta share that story too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so they just gave us the fuel pump, you know, like it was that was beautiful. But when it comes to this whole rich man's playground, like, sure, even if it is, like, that kind of comes into, like, is money really that evil? You know, it's like, I love the idea, the concept that we're trying to to form with Burning Man and really making it a big experiment. But, like, running away, like, everyone's entitled to opinion, running away from a problem or trying to label it so that you can compartmentalize something and and make sense of it. If that's what works, awesome. But what I see out there is is a whole bunch of people trying to stretch themselves, do something that's outside their comfort zone. And I would imagine when you're on the playa and you're someone that has a very high net worth, but you're still having to tromp through mud six miles to get the fuck out of wherever you want to go. Diplo. Just like anyone else. You know, like not even Diplo, because like he was the one that probably it sounded like in that interview, he was the one that suggested he's like, why don't we just walk? Yeah, he was. He wasn't the one being a prissy pants. He was like, this is like the old days. We'll hitchhike. So well, I think what sounded like, because when he got interviewed by CNN, what it sounded like was that everyone was like, just what do we do? Yeah. Not being like a prissy pants about it. Just like the logic of the, in the survival instincts, just it almost sounds like there was a layer where the survival instincts have not been needed for so long because of the privilege that they do have that it just didn't know how to flip a switch as quickly as it did. Not that man. Not, I mean, Diplo, let's be honest. You just pop everyone, anyone that's like, I want to see Diplo. I've not seen Diplo. I don't know how that man just pops up literally anywhere. He doesn't sleep. He just goes, goes, goes. But he's all about the grind. He's all about doing the shit. So that's probably also why the survival survival instinct was like, yeah, let's just fucking figure it out and just go. And it just worked out. out. So to it being a rich man's playground, I mean, it's absolutely not like the the playing field gets so even in harsh conditions. Um, At the same time, like, yeah, some people get really like luxury kind of conditions out there and who knows it's just not my place i don't choose to put my energy in a bucket where it's like my opinion gets wrapped around like what i think of all that it's like i just show up have a great time and i had a buddy that years before we went to burning man he told me about getting knighted by p diddy in the in the crowd and then the following year, because his friends didn't believe him, because another friend said the same thing happened to him, he had to bust into P. Diddy's camp. Like, he got tackled by uh, P. Diddy's security guard, and um, he made such a fuss that they went and woke P. Diddy up. And P. Diddy, P. Diddy took a picture with him. I was like, yeah, like, I, I knighted him. So you never know who you're going to run into out there, and I don't know. Well, I mean, even... So there's this like, uh, 
and I think of anyone that kind of maybe follows a little bit of Burning Man but never is gone has kind of maybe seen a little bit of the argument of like a true burner versus not a true burner and that's someone who tents in a literal tent or like a shift pod or a yurt or anything like that versus the RVs and granted with it being your second time we've still never done the whole quote-unquote tent and so technically in like those people's eyes we would be the privileged ones because we've always been in an RV mm-hmm. but having an RV also comes with complications. It would be easier to be in a tent. It would be a lot easier to be in a tent. I mean, last year when we went, we, it was just, well, first of all, you bought the RV like two weeks before we went. The person that owned it before us did not take as good of care of it as they did. They took care of it to the extent that they knew. They just didn't understand vehicles, especially to your knowledge. You have a lot of, a lot of knowledge on vehicles and how they work and how to fix them. And so that was just a shit show getting there that we lost two, three days trying to get to Burning Man. And then this year, our generator goes out. So you lose basically a whole like during the day trying to fix the generator a day and a half because it happened again later on. And then we just got to a point where like, you know what? Fuck this generator. It's literally getting in the way of our fun. And sure, like, do we have the shelter for when that rain did come down and not have all that play like mud into our tent? Absolutely. But there were also a lot of complications that you deal with. And so I think there is no such thing as a quote unquote true burner to not true burner. It's if you're willing to go out there and make magic happen because it is a community effort. It is a matter of everyone is pitching in to make this into the experience that it is. Then you're a fucking burner because it's a fucking journey to get out there. And I don't know if there's enough words that describe Burning Man that could actually help under- someone understand the like and comprehend what it's like. I mean, I remember I was watching YouTube's of, it, of Burning Man for like five years, just like manifesting the day I finally got to go. And then when we finally decided we were going to go last year, we're watching all the Instagrams and watching all these other things. It was nothing, nothing that we watched prepared us for the experience we had, but in like the best way possible. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. The only way you can do it to do it it's just such like a it's just so magical i mean the shit that just goes on there the people that you can meet you can have a really in-depth conversation with someone and then never see them again they're just off into the wind yeah that's why i always say have a beautiful life they're like have a good day i'm like i mean the chances of running into that person again are so abysmal Mm. So in regards of like looking back on last year's experience, so it's kind of, I want to go back a year mm-hmm. and reflect on last year. Um, what would you say your favorite part of last year was other than getting engaged? Because we did get engaged at Burning Man last year. Mm-hmm. Which favorite. was a, a shit show in itself as well. <laughs> that was my doing. <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. Favorite part of last year, I would say uh, actually just making it there. Yeah, that was a pretty challenging journey. Yeah, that was just a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Dylan, if you're listening to this, you're never allowed to not come to Burning Man with us again. It is decided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if there's like a high, high favorite high point moment from, from last year. I just remember the feeling of like putting the RV in park and actually making it was like, wow, I don't care what happens this week. That was, um, we made it. We made it. Yeah, there are many times where you think we wouldn't. Hmm? There are many times where you thought we wouldn't. Yeah, and it was funny. This year, I was talking to the one of the guys from the camp that was allowing us to use their uh, Starlink 
once all hell broke loose and he said his first year same experience he left on friday or saturday from san francisco and didn't make it to burning man till thursday from san francisco which is my, what that's only like four hours no uh, maybe a, a little bit more yeah no it's further than four hours it might be like eight or nine hours that's still not that bad no. thursday yeah sheesh about a day an hour Oh my god! I if, I think if we got to the point last year and we're getting there Thursday, I'd be like, "Fuck this, take me home. I'm fucking done with this." Well, then that's you're not a true burner. I guess not. Yeah. But there is so the other thing is that this shit will break you. Burning Man will break you at some point. All right. So let me throw a question: What would you have done if when you had a breaking point this year? You want to get real with your listeners? <laughs> what would you have done if I actually put that shit in drive and took you home? <laughs> when you had your mental breakdown and you said done with it. take me home take me home what would you done uh you know i think i think in the moment i would have been pissed off that you actually listened to me but then also so, I'm pit- you, so you get pissed off at me if i do listen <laughs> and pissed off at me if i don't listen you blame me if i don't take you home and you blame me if the weather does whatever the weather does no i did not blame you for the weather there's <laughs> nothing we could have done about the weather uh-huh. Absolutely nothing. And I'm very, very well aware of that. I mean, there's so many people out there commenting too that um the rain was all over the radar. How could you not know? How could you not known? But the rain was not on the radar. I either. never saw that. No, it rained the week before because of Hurricane Hillary that went through yeah. Southern California and northern West Nevada. And the following week, there was nothing on the radar. Because I looked, I was looking consistently because i was like i want to be prepared if shit goes down for any reason because i know the weather has been wild lately like southern california getting a hurricane the amount of rain that they got is absolutely wild that's what was the last time they got that like 40 60 years ago is what it was yeah something like that. something wild that was like didn't extremely unexpected so i was looking for the rain to happen and it wasn't so i was like oh we are in the clear Thursday night starts to sprinkle and I'm like, is it sprinkling? Like this doesn't make any sense. Um, but in regards to breakdowns, I mean, that is a uh, last year I had breakdowns mm-hmm. last year. I think, uh, that's kind of the beautiful part about Burning Man though, is the breakdowns you will have because of the breakthroughs you will have at the end right now. I'm not currently sure if I'm being totally transparent. I don't know what the fucking breakthroughs I'm supposed to have this trip are. Um, because I think last year I left feeling like so full and so happy and just like content. This year I I left feeling a little defeated. And I don't want to I don't want to say that in the sense of scaring anyone away from Burning Man though either. Like I would I do want to focus on because there's so much positive behind it, but I also want to be really real on it. Mm-hmm. Last year I also didn't take care of my health as well right before. Um because I actually didn't think we were going until two weeks before we got tickets and you bought the RV. And I was like, oh shit, we actually are going to Burning Man because the whole process. So I've had a lot of questions too. And I kind of make sense to answer this now with where we're at in this conversation is what is it like getting tickets to Burning Man? Because the amount of DMs that I've got are like, how are you going again? I've been trying to go for years. I don't understand how to get tickets and get this year is actually really easy to get tickets. Funny enough with, with everything that happened at, Something in the ether. It's like and people the, knew. It's like they, uh, 
subconsciously knew something. I don't, I have no idea regardless of what happened. This year was actually pretty easy to get tickets. Last year and previous years, it is known to be extremely hard to get tickets to go to Burning Man. It is one, what, what, what did someone say? It's like the most exclusive event because it's not a festival. So Burning Man, for anyone that's listening that thinks it's a music festival, it is not a music festival by any means. A music festival means that they are providing you a lineup. They are providing you with food that you can buy. They're providing you with all these different excess things. Burning Man does not provide you with shit other than the land to go and be free and have a great time. The DJs and music that show up are just a bonus feature. Many of the camps will drop lineups, but they don't drop them until about two, three days before you're about to be there. So, you, and that, by this point, you've had your tickets for months, typically. You're not going for the DJs. You are going strictly for the community. You're going for the art. You're going for the experience. You're going to be a part of something that is so mind-boggling to even think about being a part of. So, all that being said, Lewis, the child, your art that was beautiful. You know, Diplo disappointed me this year. I already yeah. told you that, but... I mean, I and I that was a beautiful sentiment that you shared. It's just everything with Burning Man's an asterisk, isn't it? Except Camp Question Mark. <laughs> then that one, yeah, that one's well, there's Camp Exclamation Point as well. There is Camp Exclamation Point. I'm curious, and I'm gonna go back to the tickets for anyone listening that's actually like, no, 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 how do you get tickets to this thing? I'm tripping trying to go. I wonder if Camp Camp Explanation Mark had to have come after Camp Question Mark. Where's the camp period? Is that the period we can't, the camp we made? Camp comma. Camp comma. Um, but it is a festival. It is definitely a festival that people go for the DJs. I'm sure of it. And my favorite is when dirty, stinking hippies come up to me and tell me, well, you're not doing it right. You know, like you can't just, li- I can't believe people come here. Like they go to all the stages. Like when did being a human come with a rule book? Yeah, well, the reason why I'm pointing out it's not a festival, if you go there, it's like a festival. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I totally agree. It's not a rave, essentially. Right. Like, yeah. And that's what I'm trying it's to... It's not a Tomorrowland. No, you're, you're totally it's right. Time, yeah. It's Art Ultra. It's not an Okeechobee Music Festival. Okay. It's not a Coachella. It's not a Coachella in, in the Nevada desert. I've never been to Coachella, but I've seen that shit on Coachella and all the fancy schmancy little dressed up things. It's not fucking that. Will you see beautiful women at Burning Man dressed up and then going to post on their Instagram? Absolutely. And I'm so sick and tired of hearing people too hate on them because it's like that is that's their art. Whether they're doing it for someone else, or they're doing it for themselves. That's the way that they're showing their art to the world and the beauty that Burning Man has brought you. Wouldn't you want your art showcase and that quote unquote IG model with all those followers are taking a picture in front of it and showcasing your art? Mm-hmm. Even if they might not know it's you because they don't put names on the art in front of it. Um, which I don't, I never really understood why, why they don't do that. I mean, they have the artery where you can go and see like the art directory and whatnot. But if you see that picture, just come and say it's yours. Ask them to tag you, give you some credit. They probably don't know. Um, but yeah, if you're going there and expecting everything handed to you or it's, everything's like super easy and accessible, you're literally biking to, so deep playa, um, is like on the, opposite side of where you camp and stuff that alone is what like a 30 45 minute bike ride you have to bike around this entire place you can't walk if you do if you do walk you're not getting very far you're pretty tired pretty quickly that's the whole concept of like having bikes um 
But before I get to our far off track, let's get back to the tickets because mm-hmm. my brain's a little scattered right now. Getting back from Burning Man, recording this the day after our bodies are trying to recover. So I already feel a little scattered. So before I get off topic, let's get back to the the juice of the tickets. How do you even get to Burning Man in the first place? So And where is Burning Man located? So Burning Man is located in the northwest Nevada in the city that it's right outside of a Gerlich. And it's called Black Rock City. And it's technically a legal city. I'll explain how I know why later um, and how I'm confident that's a legal city. But... It's about, what is it, like 45 minutes from Gerlich outside of that, but it's about two hours outside of Reno. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get there only by driving. You can fly in, right? Like there, there is an airport. Um, so that is a possibility as well. Um, in regards of tickets, ticket sales start in April. There's two ways to get tickets. One, you can join a camp. Uh, or two, you can do the whole through the sale, or I guess three, resell. The thing I love about the Burning Burning Man organization, though, when it comes to tickets, is you can't resell the tickets higher than what you bought them for. You have to sell them at the same price or less, Um, which I think is amazing because it's not like the whole Taylor Swift thing. People are just going and trying to get tickets as quick as possible and reselling them for, you know, 10 times the price. Now they're paying $4,000 for this ticket, which I think is fucking ridiculous. So... You can join a camp. They only get so many allocated. So sometimes you already have to have your ticket before getting accepted into a camp as well. And like I said, through the main sale. In order to even get into this quote unquote main sale, they have multiple different ones throughout the year. The first one starts in April. And you have to register the week before, but it's the registration is only open for 48 hours. And then when you get registered 24 hours before the ticket goes on sale, you get a link. Last year for our first year, we couldn't even get in to get the link or anything like that. When we try to even log into the account, um, we couldn't. It wouldn't let us because it was so busy. This year, I actually got in with the link. So I'm hopeful like next year is going to be even smoother and smoother and smoother. The likelihood of you getting tickets in the first sale is what? Like 1%? 1%? Not, I feel like it's probably less. I think you quoted okay. me less one time. I don't know. I'm Half just, percent. I'm no. I'm just genuinely asking. I thought you I thought you said less than one percent one time. Yeah, I mean it's sub one. Anyways, um, and then not long after that, there's something that's called the Step Program that opens, and the Step Program is where you can go and put yourself on the wait list, and you choose the ticket ranges. The ticket ranges. Um, if you're doing ticket aid, you have to fill out a whole scholarship. You have to show like your your previous year's W two. You have to be in a certain, um tax bracket to even get accepted for that. I think that one's like 280, but they only have a certain number for those tickets. And that's later on, I believe in the summer. I don't know about that one. That one you have to research if if you are in that, um, in that arena. But um, with the step program, you either choose the 575 ticket, the $1,500 ticket, or what's the other ones at three, 2,500, 3,000. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, and you choose which one you want to wait for. You can only buy a max of two tickets. If they see that you bought more than two tickets in the sale, they'll void your um, your purchase and just give it to the next person. Same thing with the vehicle pass. You can only buy two tickets and one vehicle pass in your purchase. So this year I put us on the step program and we were fortunate enough to get the tickets for the 575. Last year we paid $1,500, but last year also was a lot harder. When it comes to the step program, um, we I put ourselves on in April, beginning May, whenever it opened. And we didn't get them until July. 
which is still kind of considered early for that case. So many instances, when you're trying to get tickets for Burning Man, you're not going to get them until like maybe two weeks to a month before, maybe even week of. So if you want to go to Burning Man, just plan as if you're going to Burning Man and the tickets will flow as long as you stay on top of it. Because there's another sale in, is it, I think it's end of July, beginning August is the next one. Um, and the same thing, you have to register and then uh, get get in line to get the tickets. But that chance is also still very slim. So it tends to be a pretty hard event to get tickets to, but it's not impossible. You just have to really have the drive and want to do it, which I didn't know this was the case last year and this year I knew. So I just had the right steps to take. Mm-hmm. Anything to add that? No, that was pretty thorough. Well, I did. I had multiple. I probably had almost 10 people message me on Instagram. Asking. I get it. People ask me. I mean, but part of the Burning Man experience and the, I like. I piloted a lot of stuff for us last year, but I definitely let you lean into this year. Just figuring it out. Well, that's what comes down to the self-reliance thing. And kind of what I've also said is like, if you can't be self-reliant to sit there and try and get tickets and figure it the fuck out, you're not going to be self-reliant enough to be there and actually take care of yourself. That's why I've, when it comes to the ticket things, it's not, it's not like the information's not out there. It's literally right there on the Burning Man website. They give you a step-by-step exact calendars, exactly when everything's open. You just got to put it in your fucking calendar. That's it. So the amount of friends that we had that, you know, wanted guidance or advice, like I'm not going to raise the barrier to entry. I'll certainly help anybody, but uh, I'm just not going to hold anybody else's hand through that thing. Because that's what you're going to have to do when they're there. Well, it's enough holding your hand through the process. I'm like dragging you along sometimes in, in certain parts. But not, and... not in the sense of like taking care of ourselves. No, it's because you're my partner. And uh, that's what I'm down to do. a little bit of emotional breakdowns. Oh, that's what I'm down to do for you. And that's what I signed up for. Yeah. Not when you have like, that's the idea behind like camp. And I'm like, oh God, if I'm leaving the camp, I can just only imagine the amount of people just like running a daycare, a, a drug fueled daycare. Well, you see that. Well, I want to clarify drugs real quick mm-hmm. because this is now multiple times you have clarified it is drugs and sex and rock and roll. And it's a yeah. drug filled playground and all these things. I don't want the listeners listening to this and thinking that everyone that goes there is just completely fucked up on drugs. It is a terrible and scary place when it goes to drugs. So can you clarify this? Because I could clarify it, but you have now said it multiple times. So I want you to clarify for everyone that's listening. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone has their own experience, right? So I think it's like the thing to be intentional about is guarding your experience. Like if something doesn't align with you, like, so that's why I said that. Cause like my worst case scenario is that you have a bunch of people around that, um, like that's what they want to do. It's like, they want to go there and do drugs, but then they have a problem and then they want to make your problem or their problem, your problem. So it's, it's definitely not a bunch of people going there and getting all fucked up. And it, it's so beautiful seeing all like the human connection and, um, when we were at that sober camp, like what I love that cupcake was sharing with us is the support community and, and the man we met random, he's like, he got sober at burning man. Mm-hmm. And that was like, what Back in 2012. Yeah. Was, he went to one of their, their meetings and he just made the decision to become sober. And ever since then, he's still been going to burning man and just going sober and having a great time. 
Yeah. So the reason I've brought it up multiple times is because I think it I think it's fair for you to be like real with your listeners. Like that's there. Is it the main event? Absolutely not. Well, and I don't it's not not wanting to be real because obviously going to be there. But also what we have discussed and what we really appreciate about this first, you know, other festivals we have gone to. Because if you've been to a music festival, you've seen a bunch of those, what do you call them, teeny boppers? Yeah. Teeny boppers that are just exploring plant medicines and psychedelics for their first time, or as like MDMA or mushrooms or acid or whatever it is, and they are losing their goddamn minds. And mm-hmm. you were like, what the fuck are you, like, what did you take? How much did you take? Did you even test what you're taking? It's just not a smart area or a smart mindset of like what they're going through in the process that they're doing it. Yeah. Something I preach about Burning Man is there's tons of psychedelics. We do psychedelics. We did MDMA. Ketamine's a big fan. Um, You know, those are different things that are now coming through as medicine and are being recognized by our government as ways to treat people and mental health. But the thing that we appreciate about Burning Man is that people from what we've seen for the most part, right? People aren't losing their goddamn minds. It's a place where people have real shit to lose. So everyone's being really cognizant and really mindful and they're allowing themselves to let loose. They're allowing themselves to take the quote unquote love drugs, be a little dissociated and kind of lean into like these healing capacities, but in like a very fun, playful, light way because healing also kind of has this like healing has to be dark and healing can be really fun and can be really playful. And that's just something we appreciate is that fact that you also don't really see it. Occasionally you'll like see someone who's just like, they're not all the way there right now. They're just not thinking about it or they just, they don't realize like the risk that it is because it is a big place, but there's still cops around. There's still the quote unquote rangers. Rangers are burners, but they're also there for your safety and they will turn you over to law enforcement if they see anything. So like there are these boundaries that you still have to honor when you're there and the risk. But that's what I really appreciate about this place is that it's not just a fucked up, feels crazy, bad trip kind of experience. It feels like everyone's there to just kind of like love and let loose and have a little fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, I don't uh, I don't think there's been one time where I've seen body that anyone that wasn't really handling themselves appropriately. Mm-hmm. I was just racking my brain versus Okeechobee. I don't think there was one walk that we did that I didn't see at least one person losing their shit. Okeechobee was a sh- shit show. Yeah. Like a man crawling up on the fence and like manhandling it. Like he's a fucking animal and you just don't. Yeah. Burning man. You don't see that. You just see everyone laughing and mm-hmm. playful and having fun Regardless of the bullshit that you are going through, you're going through it together. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really uh, interesting concept around Burning Man as well is that, yeah, it's not the other young people there. There's children there. Like you can bring your child there. We saw like, we saw a baby. I saw this really cute baby there. I don't know if you saw that. I think you were going down the little, uh, the hippies rope slide that he created on the first day but mm-hmm. i saw a little baby there and it was the cutest little baby um they have a area i accidentally cut through one time i i read the sign and it just took me a minute dehydrated or mush brain or whatever it wasn't until a couple tents in that i realized oh that that sign was 
telling people like me to stay out. Like there was no one on the road. And I was like, oh, interesting. But it was a quarantined area. It was like kids row or something. So all was the family. Kidsville? Yeah. Kidsville. Yeah. Yeah. So all the families camping there. And then uh, I was like, you know what? I'm already here. Like, let me just continue to cut through this road. And they had a little playground set up and it was really cute. Yeah. Like they, uh, it's, it is a kid friendly place if you allow it to be. I For think. For sure. Um, like we, we talk about when we have a child someday, like, will we bring them to Burning Man? And I think eventually we don't know what age that would be, but I think it's a really great, I, I would almost think like preteen time, like right before all the teenage mean bully, like a worry about people judging me is coming out. That's like the perfect time to t integrate someone into that experience because while there is the drugs and the fun and all this other crazy stuff that's happening, people biking around naked. It's also teaching your child that to normalize certain things that society has taught us to create stigmas around mm -hmm. like nudity, like not sexualizing someone's body. It's just a body. It's not the end of the world. And you can obviously cater the experience to the child that keeps them away from certain things you don't want them to see because it's not, there are certain things that are not appropriate for a child to see there. Like I would probably not bike down the path that the orgy bus or the orgy dome is on. Cause I don't want, I wouldn't, our child by the time I probably brought them, would be like, what's that? Or like, but we, knows again, enough. we didn't see any of that, you know, like we, it's all very enclosed. Yeah. Like you don't see people having sex on the ply out in the open. Although I will say, I, I think there were more boobs this year than last year. I think there are more dicks this year. A lot more, a lot more, a lot more. Yeah. It's, I and now I'm, not, I'm one of those. I can't help but look. It's and, there. You and big ones too. I mean, last year it was like, hey, you know what? Yeah, you should be comfortable. This year is like, Jesus, man. I guess I'd show that off too, you know? But I think that's what's beautiful about being there too is that you, people can just be naked and it's not one of those of like, oh my God, you're naked. It's like, right. yeah, you're naked. That's amazing. Rock like, out. Rock out with your cock out. It's like a different, uh, different piece of, piece of clothing. Yeah. I guess, Honestly, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's as much sexual charge with people being naked there as it is just seeing someone's different clothing. Mm. Yeah. You know, you see, like, maybe someone has, like, a really nice body, man or woman, right? Like, someone that, like, works out a ton, naked dude, you're like, oh, fuck yeah, like, you take care of yourself, right? You see a woman who's, like, very curvy that uh, maybe doesn't work out so much but she's naked and you're like oh cool like yeah like love that skin suit for you it's beautiful you know like it's there's no uh yeah i don't know that there's no charge sexualized or not and in, in anything that anybody's wearing or mm -hmm. they're in yeah yeah i don't know i think um i just love bernie man i had a thought this year though i was like Man, it's been some rough couple of years that we come back next year. But just like that one one person I was talking to, I think it was like the second night. Because last year had really bad sandstorms. And, you know, I was having a conversation with him and he goes, man, last year was my eighth year and I contemplated not coming again this year. And he goes, but as soon as I drove out of here, I was already making plans for the next year. It's just a place that keeps drawing you back in. And I don't know. I just, I, I'm struggling to find the words to describe Bernie Man that would actually suit it without making it sound like it's just a bunch of, a place for just a bunch of hippies to go and 
fuck around. I'd say we attach the appropriate words to it. In my mind, you know, I, I asked myself the same question, too, because not only did I take on the bullshit we were dealing with, but other people's bullshit, too. And that was my choice. I was I took one of those walks where I needed some space and I sat down with another camp and they were talking me through it because they were like, man, you look like you're having a rough time. And I was just like letting all my stress melt away and talking through it. And, uh, you know, they helped me. They didn't really say much. I was processing myself, but I was like, I made the choice to take on other people's stress. And that's fine. That was part of my gift back to you guys and, and some of the people around us. But it's really about just a couple high point moments that make it. And you learn. You learn new boundaries that you want to set for yourself. You learn new experiences that you want to give to others. You learn how you have changed in the process and what serves you, what maybe doesn't serve you. And you run it back the next year and, and things get you know, better, so to speak. I think you just become more equipped and more prepared. You really, there's a reason why the saying is, I hope you get the burn you need, not the burn you want. Mm -hmm. The burn you want will go really smooth. It'll be effortless. It'll just let loose the entire time and not have a single care in the world. The burn you need is going to teach you something. Something's not, something is always not going to go right at Burning Man. And I think that's the most beautiful part about it. And speaking of not going right, uh, this year's Burning Man was a shit show. I think they picked up on that so far. No, we're getting into the juice now. Okay. We're going to start getting into, should we tell them? No. No? No. All right, we'll keep you holding on a little bit longer uh, to the secret. But in regards of... No, tell them. What are you talking about? You can't just say no. Yes, tell them. You think you should tell them? What have we been doing? This is what this is for. Can I get a drum roll, please? We got married at Burning we Man. Got so let's talk about the shit show that was. Um, so when you think about getting married, you probably think about having this beautiful day. You want to feel beautiful. You got the dress. You got this whole vision inside your head. The photographer set up everything. So let me tell you about why I started freaking out about the drizzle that was happening Thursday night. Everything was going, I mean, relative, as smooth as it could go up until this moment. Um, and we, so backtrack, we plan to get Bernie Man, get married, <laughs> plan to get Bernie Man married. Um, we plan to get married at Bernie Man a month before it happened. We originally, when we got engaged last year, we said we were going to get married on October 14th, which is the day quote unquote, Colton asked me to be his official girlfriend, even though we both kind of consider it Labor Day 2020, what year are we in? 2023, 2021 Labor Day weekend is when things kind of started. Um, and so we just said October 14th, we're going to elope in Paris, everything else. Beginning of the year, I said, decided I did not want to get eloped in Paris anymore. There was something in me that just isn't right with going to Paris. And then we never planned anything ever again. We just said we're going to get married by the end of 2024. And I think it was after you came back from the MAP psychedelic conference, you mentioned like we should get, you want to get married sooner than the end of 2024. And so we just started brainstorming. We started thinking. And about a month before we decided to go to Burning Man, 
we decided like we're already doing all the planning of going to Burning Man. Let's just get married there. We'll get married on the exact day that we got engaged there. It's going to be this beautiful love story. Here we are, Burning Man. Thursday night starts drizzling. I start freaking out. I'm like, I don't want my hair looking like a wet dog. Oh, when you're at Burning Man, by the way, you like don't shower for a week. I don't think we mentioned that. It sounds really gross, but it's not that gross. You use baby wipes and stuff and whatnot. Like we had the RV, but we needed the space for other water. And by the time the shower was going to come around, yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, I don't want my hair looking like a damn wet dog. And, you know, we're with our new friend, Abby, that we met. And he's like, you're not going to look like a wet dog. He starts making like laughing about it first. I was like, I'm glad you think this is funny, but I don't find this very funny. And then, but him and Colton convinced me to let loose, just have fun. Like, don't worry about it. It's just going to all work out. We ended up having a really beautiful morning too. We ended up uh, branching off from our friend and around like 5 a.m. ish, we get caught in a dust storm, which is was so much fun. And we start exploring uh, deep playa and the trash fence and having a hoot of a time like sunrise. And we wake up, we go to bed around like 9.30 in the morning, wake up around like 1-ish p.m. that same, fr- same day that Friday. And it's raining and I'm like you know what fuck it I don't care if I look like a wet dog I'm gonna get married in the rain the plot thickens when Michael starts to try to bike to the flying spaghetti the temple of the flying spaghetti monster to get their bible so he put his phone in the temple of flying spaghetti monsters bible as he's doing the uh officiating for the wedding he gets like what what do you say like 30 feet 10 10 feet and his bike gets trapped. He's having to yank and ca- yank this bitch out of that mud, play like thing, and carry it back. I was like, uh, guys, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. And so at this point, it's downpouring. We've met all these people on the playa. We have friends that are on the playa. We're supposed to be meeting everyone at center camp, 5 p.m., under the shade, facing out to the man. Everyone we met on the playa that we became friends with told them that too. They were like, we're in. And it's downpouring. We have a photographer that's supposed to meet us that we paid ahead of time. And Colton's like, I just got to go. We're just going to go tell them that maybe we'll just push it back. We'll just push it back a little bit. The rain's going to stop. He's very confident the rain's going to stop. You want to tell them what happened when for the next part? What, getting to center camp? Sure. The whole process, maybe. I don't know. The rain didn't stop. It did, actually. I mean, we had a break. It was just. Michael and I hiked because we we're going to meet people there. Enough people expected us to be there. I was like, I don't think anyone will show up. But in case they do, I don't want anybody to be stranded. So like what I hiked her at the mile in the mud. Is Jesus, what a yawn. Huh? What a yawn that was. I was pushing through it. Um, so we hiked the mile to center. And that her boots were probably like 20, 25 pounds a piece because the mud caked onto it. No, I was there, but we needed the ice. Thank God we got the ice because our fridge failed. And so, yeah, we came back carrying ice on our heads, shoes in our hand because it was easier to walk barefoot than it was with boots. And uh, yeah, after that, I guess it started raining, raining. Oh, yeah. It started really coming down. And uh, I I was at a point where I thought we were going to have to get married in the RV because I was not. The question I kept getting asked was, do you just want to push it to another day? And the answer was no. Absolutely. The answer was not no. What was the answer? I don't care. Yeah, you didn't give me an answer. The only answer I knew was I didn't want to push it. 
but I think you were just in such a space you didn't even know how to get that expressed. No, I, I was able to express that to Caitlin. After y'all went on your hike to center camp and stuff and came back and it started downpouring again and y'all went on another adventure, Caitlin was like, would you just want to move it to another day? And I was like, absolutely not. Like if I, if we got to get married in this RV, I guess we're going to get married in this fucking RV. You mentioned getting married in the carport and I was like, fuck that. Even Caitlin was like, what a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> but the RV would be better. You don't know something. I mean, at least at that point we're staying dry. Under the carport, it was still muddy. It was still wet. I was like, at least I'm staying dry in here. I, I don't sure. know. That was just, I don't know what the mindset was. My mindset was so scattered at this point. I was, was f- starting to feel defeated because our engagement last year, like we didn't get as, we didn't really get any good pictures. And so that was the whole thing that we wanted so bad this year, which is why we hired a photographer was we just want good pictures. Cause we don't have a lot of good pictures of just us, which is on us. Um, we're like, we, ha- we really want to document this beautiful day. Um, so that's why I was like, I didn't, I'm not, I did not want to change the day regardless of what the paper said, because I knew deep down it would never, it was not going to be on the first and I would never be able to look back and say, we did it on the first. I'd be like, that's, that's a lie. Yeah. Like that first held such a significant day in my heart already. I didn't want another day. I was like, no, I've already made the decision. I will, f- I but I was at a point where I was like, you just need to figure it out. I was like, oh, I, don't- I mean, that's what I felt too. And so that's why that's why I went for it when I did. And I thought that wedding chapel art car would. I haven't even told them the story of finding the wedding chapel art car. Well, I'd found it a couple of days prior and I was like, oh, that looks pretty sick. And so I knew it was out there. And then when we went to center camp to meet with the photographer, lo and behold, it happened to be what, maybe 20 yards away. Mm-hmm. 30 yards away mm-hmm. yeah something like that so on the way back i spoke with them and and i uh, got the green light eventually because they weren't there when i initially stopped by but the owner was uh once the rain broke i think it was right around seven o'clock a little bit of sunlight left a little bit Barely. of sunlight like a little bit over sunset it was peeking over the mountain range and a magnificent double rainbow opened up this is starting to sound like a really beautiful story. Because it fucking is. It is a beautiful story. But I'm excited to tell them the part where it just becomes a shit show again. What are you because- talking about? What, so this is the this is the part of it where you're like, were you really happy? And you can see from the way I color it versus the way you're coloring it. It's very different perspectives. Oh, absolutely. I'm You, with the way that turn, day turned out, you were like a happy little clam. I, I felt defeated from the day. I was so happy we did it. I was so happy we got married on that day. But the way it turned out was yeah. a, was heartbreaking at the same time. Yeah, total shit show. Yeah, I agree. So we had the beautiful double rainbows. We had this R car. Y'all are so excited. We're like, we're you're getting married. We're getting married. You got to hurry up. My nervous system starts going in overdrive because I'm trying to rush to put on this dress that I forgot to do the double-sided tape. So like the... You, like when dresses, when they have little paddings to like cover where a piece of it is so your nipple doesn't pop out, mm-hmm. I meant to double tape or double side tape that down. So that was sticking out. I'm trying to put on a little bit of makeup. There there was a photographer at that place. They did have a photographer. So she did get some pictures. Um, but my, my nervous system was just overwhelmed. And then as we're walking, it starts raining again. And it's so muddy walking to this art car. I had to wear trash bags over my shoes and up my legs 
have been walking to this and I have a picture. I'm probably going to put it um, on Instagram because this is a picture that I will laugh at for for the rest of my life where we all have other than Michael, Michael's freaking barefooted where we have trash bags on our feet and legs, walking, holding them up, walking to the art car and back. Mm-hmm. It's raining as we're doing our vows. It, it's beautiful in the grand scheme of things. But what? I don't even know. It was just like, it's starting to become funny and funnier as a, the it's drifting away. Yeah, I mean, the further you get away from it, the more we zoom out, the more we're able to see like, you know what? Uh, what maybe wasn't so charging, or uh, yeah, it, there's a lot in there. What I loved and appreciated most through that, and what I held on to most, was your determination. You're like, no, this is happening. Yeah. And I was at a point where I was defeated, and I was like, I don't know if this is happening. No, I never lost faith. It was just. As a man, it's always tough to navigate like when when you're in tough situations like that with me, it's like I don't I don't really like feel a whole lot of like fear and worry. I'll feel it at times, but most of the time it's just really thinking about what the next step is and just recalibrating for that. So I was trying really hard to be delicate and feel your emotions but if I felt your emotions too much like that would be too much for me to process so like I didn't want to like push you too much is I guess what I'm trying to articulate I didn't want to like throw your nervous system overboard but at the same time I got to do what I got to do to get the mission accomplished right like we gotta Mm -hmm. we gotta move forward here we can't just sit here and pout and so I'm gonna figure it the fuck out and that's what I did I was like okay like I just needed you to tell me like hey I just want you to take charge I tried giving you options. I understand where, why you were like, hey, I, I don't know what the right decision to make is here. So Yeah, I just couldn't think straight. I was at a point where my whole body and nervous system were just like frozen. I was like. Which rightfully so. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. I was like, I just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> the next day we're stuck in the mud. <laughs> it just didn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of trapped us in there, but. We cut our wedding cake. We got like a little mini wedding cake too. And we cut that in bed. And I mean, in the grand scheme of things, looking back, like the less, I know the lesson from that. It's more of the week of Burning Man because I felt like this week for me was just like something after something after something. Like I just didn't get a break this week. Even to the point where we are land back in Austin, we check our bag and my fucking zipper is broken. I was like, can I get a fucking break? Like this week did just feel like for me one thing after another. But I didn't, the lesson from our wedding ceremony and what it was came, dawned on me pretty quickly. And that lesson was that our love is all we need. We don't need the big, we don't need the ceremony. We don't need it in front of this beautiful piece of art. We don't need all the photographer. We don't need all these things because what we have is enough. Yeah. And as long as we have each other, we can get through anything. Mm-hmm. Even muddy fucking playa. Even muddy playa. Play playa. I guess it's probably a better, a better term. <laughs> well, I think we've shared a lot. We kind of bounced all over. This isn't. 
I don't know why I thought this was going to be a very uh, clear conversation based off our, our mind right now and the exhaustion. I think it was and clear enough. I think it was clear enough. I think it just bounced around and I know people. Oh, one question we didn't answer was, isn't that mud toxic to the people's skin? And the answer is not necessarily. It's the dust. It's alkaline dust. And if it, you, let's say you keep it on your skin for a couple of days because you're in the dust and stuff, it's not going to burn your skin. But now there is such things called playa feet for a reason. And if it gets in between your toes and gets on your feet and you keep walking around barefoot, which is why everyone wears boots, over time, it will really dry out your feet to a point where there's cracks that you cannot come back from, mm -hmm. which can cause. Oh, and you'll come back from it. If they're just like, yeah. Now, there's some people out there with some really messed up feet from it. Everyone's different. Just take care of your, just like anywhere else, even though you're not necessarily showering every day and you're not always eating the healthiest. I mean, actually, I pre-cooked a lot of really healthy meals that we frozen ate, but um, and drinking your electrolytes. As long as you go out there, I think to kind of end this episode and the wild, crazy adventure that it is. And if you have questions and you're listening to this, just send me a message on Instagram um, and I'll be happy to answer them. Um, and maybe we'll do a part two of their shit ton of questions and whatnot. But I think the overall thing about Burning Man is if you feel called to go, just do it. It's not one of those things you'll regret. It's one of those things that will be difficult. It will be challenging. But Burning Man is an opportunity for you to expand and grow outside of your comfort zone and do something you thought was maybe impossible. And the lessons you get in the moment might not always make sense, but eventually it'll make sense. And it's worth it for such a magical experience that you struggle to find the words for. Oh. Oh. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that? Beautifully said, baby. Yeah. Well, Colton, thank you for being here with us. My husband. <laughs> My wife. Uh, um, I had a lot of people guess that I was pregnant. So uh, that's not the not case. Yet. Let me uh, clear that in the air right now. We just got married. That was a secret. I am not pregnant. We still got a few more burns in us before I'm getting pregnant. Um, Colton, where can everyone find you? At Colton DM or on the playa. Or on the playa. All right. Well, my Instagram handle is changing. So if you are currently looking for Embodied with Abby, look no further because I have always wanted to have an Instagram handle that was just my first and last name. And because Abby Rogers is such a basic ass name. Thanks, mom. Love ya. Um, Abby Mewern is not a basic name. So my Instagram handle has changed. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it on Instagram, share it with someone you know, someone you love, and make sure to tag me at Abby Mewborn, A-B-B-E-Y-M-E-W-B-O-U-R-N-E. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see y'all next time.